Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective Podcast. This is your host, Jay Dub. Another great week in a college football. The madness is not kicked in yet, though. No major huge upsets, although some pretty tight contests. And, you know, on the flip side, I'll uh, address what we learned, what we saw, just general musings, and then get into kind of what are the, your college fantasy football top free agents looking at guys that are available in 80 plus percent of leagues get to it on the flip side this is america don't get you slipping now don't get you slipping now look what i'm whipping now another great weekend we're now in october it's officially sunday by the time you hear this it'll be monday october 2nd so we're just about to get into the league season some real conference games get some teams to, to truly test themselves i'll stand by my comments from last week what did we learn from week five i don't think there's any clearly dominant surefire championship team yet it's truly wide open you got to give georgia their due got to be the favorite they won the past two and they remain unbeaten they don't seem as quite as dominant though maybe it's the carson Beck quarterback situation just don't have the same chemistry there. They've also lost a ton of guys to the NFL the last couple of years. So I know they've had great recruiting classes. They're certainly deep and talented. They haven't had a legit test yet, though. That's coming up. I think this weekend's interesting. They got Kentucky undefeated, play, looking really good, coming in at home. They should win the game, but it'll be a test. But let's just look at the other top teams here. You got Michigan. They've been sound. They're winning the games convincingly, but not like wiping people out. They really haven't played anyone great though. So they're number two in the country. And are they good? Are they good enough to beat Georgia or Texas? I don't know. We'll find out. That's been their bugaboo. They they've been able to wipe uh, the slate the slate clean in the Big Ten, uh, but have struggled when they played the schools outside of there, particularly in the in the championship kind of four game playoff. Texas is the third ranked team. They may be the most impressive team so far. They've won all five of their games convincingly, including against Alabama. They have an awesome matchup this weekend against their big rival, Oklahoma. Uh, and Oklahoma's undefeated. So that's, I'm very excited for that matchup. You got Oklahoma number 12 versus Texas. Technically, Texas is the home team, although they play at a neutral site in Dallas. Um, last game of that rivalry, while they're still in the Big 12, before they both move to the SEC next year. I think the winner of that, particularly if Texas wins, will really solidify their position as a major title contender. And then Texas has got some tough games coming along, but not crazy. And they have a really good shot. They still have the conference championship game in, at the end of the year. But they got a great shot to jump Michigan in the rankings and kind of solidify themselves as a top four or five team there. Number four team is Ohio State. Um, they really, they played Notre Dame. And that was a good game. Came down to the final play, and they scored on a, a running play against 10, 10 defensive players. They really haven't had a sound kind of championship-level beatdown yet. So we'll see. Obviously, very talented team. You got Florida State at five. Florida State actually, on paper, they've had – they beat they soundly beat LSU at home, and they snuck by Clemson in overtime last weekend. And they've had five solid games. They've won all five, which is great. But – are Clemson and LSU that great? I don't know. They're great on paper. Obviously, historically, have been great. LSU's defense, though, has been giving up points by the truckloads, which is uncharacteristic of them. 
Then I would say Penn State had a tough first half against Northwestern, but got it in check and and blew them out. Looked pretty good, undefeated. Uh, Washington has been a world beater, beating everyone they play by a significant amount. Actually had a little bit of a trip up this past weekend. They won soundly versus Arizona, but it wasn't quite the beatdown that they've displayed throughout the season so far. And then Oregon's looked outstanding. I think they they beat every team they play basically by 30 or more. And a nice win two weeks ago against Colorado, blew out Stanford at Stanford this past weekend. So they look sound. And then USC has looked very sound offensively. I think arguably you could say they're the best offense in the, in the country. Their defense, I don't know. They won 48-41 against Colorado. Score looked a little bit closer than it should have because Colorado scored two late touchdowns. Colorado gave that game up, though. Some bad, some little bit bad play in the first half. Blocked punt they shouldn't have given up. Didn't take advantage of those opportunities. Anyhow, next two teams at number 10 and 11 are Notre Dame and Alabama. In the AP poll, it's Notre Dame-Alabama. I think in the coaches' poll, it's Alabama-Notre Dame. They both got one losses. They're in the mix. What I'd say, none of these teams are perfect. And, you know, Oklahoma, by the way, is undefeated at 12. They play Texas this weekend. Washington State's also undefeated. They won the Pac-2 championship last weekend. I don't think they'll be there at the end, although they look pretty good and they convincingly, consistently are winning. So who knows there? But I'll stand by my earlier thought, which I led with, which is the teams are going to emerge. But I think this is a wide open year. And we're in for a wild October and November. Lots of unbeaten still. We're only four, five games played for most teams in. So lots can be decided in the next three, four weeks as we look, as we see depth from injuries coming into play. And we just see higher quality matchups really testing the metal of some of these teams. I already mes- mentioned some of the matchups this weekend. Oklahoma, Texas is going to be a great one. There's only two other, there's actually three other games facing two ranked teams. You got Kentucky. I think ranked 25th going on the road to play Georgia at number one. And then you got Notre Dame 10 versus Louisville 25. Uh, I think Kentucky is actually 23rd in the AP poll or 24th, maybe 24th. Uh, yeah, 24th. I'm looking at it now. And then LSU 23 is playing Mizzou 21. So those are the only ranked teams facing off against each other. So again, not quite there where you're seeing a lot of these conference matchups and juicy matchups week in and week out. Uh, but we'll get into the full conference tilt pretty much next week. And I think almost all games are in the conference and uh, we're going to see clear picture who is real, who isn't. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun, fun run. Okay. Next on to weekly, weekly segment on top college fantasy football, free agent targets. Again, outside of the tight end here, I pretty much was looking for guys in the top 20 at their position that are owned by 20% or less of the league. I cheated with my tight end. Was at 38%. I'll get to him in a second. But let me kick it off. First player is quarterback Brady Cook. Mizzou, he's owned by 20% of leagues. So in 80% of leagues, he's available. He's been a, a surprise riser. He's coming off a four TD game against Vandy. Not a tough opponent. But he's put up good numbers all season and progressively looking better. He plays LSU this week which usually would mean do not start, but this is an LSU pass defense that has been easy to throw in. So I like Cook. If you need a quarterback, he's surprisingly good and available in most leagues. Uh, Next at running back, I got two running backs, two receivers for you. First one, Tyrone Tracy Jr. Purdue. He's on this list last week. Still only owned by 11% of leagues, so he's available in 89% of leagues. 
He went out and had his first 100-yard game this this season, this weekend. He appears to be produced one of his core offensive weapons, and he's gaining momentum. So pick him up quickly before the news is out. He's a plotter, scoring touchdowns consistently, but had a really effective, efficient game this past weekend to go after him. Next guy is, I'm going to butcher this name, but Beishu Tutin, Virginia Tech. He's owned by 20% of the league, so he's available in 80% of the leagues. Tutin stepped up, had exceeded 100 yards. He's had successive solid games, but had his first 100-yard rushing game. He had another four catches and 40 yards, then a TD through the air versus Pitt this past weekend. Again, his touches have grown, and he appears to be emerging kind of fixture in that offense. So if you're looking for another running back, both Tracy and Tutin are available in most league, the vast majority of leagues. Both seem to be getting a greater share of touches in those offenses when they can be had easily. At the receiver position, I found two guys right in that 20 to, to top 30 range. So these are guys that would start in most leagues. If you got a 10-team league and you're starting two or three receivers, you got a flex spot. These are guys you would likely start. And both are, one's available in eighty or 94% of leagues. The other one's available in 80, 93% of leagues. First one is Lewis Bond, a Boston College. Bond, he's a sophomore. He's up his production each week, but consistently been a scorer. He scored in four out of five BC games this season. He's got five total TVs, so one game he had two. He appears to be the primary receiving threat for the Eagles. And he's available, as I mentioned, he's available in virtually every league out there. So he's somebody you should be looking at, picking up if you need a receiver. Quite frankly, he's probably a, a, a flex start in every league. And yet he's available in, again, 94% of leagues. And then next one is Silas Bolden, Oregon State. He's available in 93% of leagues. Bolden's older brother, I believe, was a former Beaver receiver as well, Victor. Silas is a junior. He's been stepping up, had a really good game this past week. I'd pick him up before Bolden's production. He's, he should be owned by a lot more leagues. I think a lot of people would start paying attention to these leagues. They get four or five weeks in. They're like, whatever. I like Silas Bolden, though, and Oregon State's offense has been ascending. They're a strong team, got a good quarterback. I think they're destined to be an eight, nine win team and have a pretty strong year. And then lastly, another repeat name on this list is tight end and wide receiver eligible Colorado buff, Michael Harrison. He's a featured guy. They're running plays for him. He looks good. He's dynamic. Didn't have an amazing week this past week, but put up numbers. Actually had, had a couple plays that just almost connected, one of which would have been a touchdown um, in that game, That at least in the the, the time I was watching. Um, he's gotten successive targets. And I think most important, he's owned by, he's only owned in, or he's owned in 38% of leagues. So he's only available in uh, 62% of leagues, but he's now the number two overall college fantasy producer at the tight end position behind Brock Bowers. So he's a must own. It's a tough position to fill. So I'd go out and get him. Okay. On that note, I hope everybody has a great week ahead. And this is going to be an awesome week seven of the college season. Again, those are some names for your college fantasy league. If you're not doing it, get into a league. It's fun. Highly encourage it. If you're just a college uh, football fan, it's great. I'm excited for the, the October games ahead. It's going to be an awesome month ahead. So on that note, have a great day. Take care. Before we leave, let me tell y'all a little something. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uh, I said, uptown.